All right, hello and welcome. We're back with the basement breakdown after last week's New Mexico episode, which many are saying is soaring the iTunes charts. <laughs> we are in the scenic basement of South Dining Hall out of Notre Dame's matchup against number three, Georgia. And we're ready to get right into it. Um, so we'll start as we usually do with a recap of last week's game, which was a route over New Mexico. So We'll let Charlotte, who was there covering the game, talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so obviously 66-14, ugly on paper. Not as ugly on the field, I thought, at least. There were some key takeaways. I'm not saying you can translate that to Georgia by any means, but um, there's a lot to come out of it. Obviously, Ian Books had a career-high five touchdown passes, I think. Now, that those passes were passes is a generous term for them, <laughs> but a pass is a pass, and at the end of the day, you got to put some get get it to the right person who can then make the play. Um, and that's what we saw a lot of some playmakers. So Javon McKinley had an insane six tackle breaking touchdown. Um, Avery Davis ran in for a touchdown of his own. And clocked up at like twenty three miles an hour. On yeah. the <laughs> Chase Claypool showed why he is. The, the go-to receiver right now, um, or why he should be the go-to receiver at the very least, getting 96 yards on four receptions, I believe. So um, definitely the pass game was strong. Run game still not quite there, um, and it's going to need to be this Saturday. So we'll see how they can match up against Georgia's defensive line. Um, of course, Georgia's front seven are the ones that are the ones that have gotten all the hype. So that'll also be an interesting matchup to watch. But um, generally. Notre Dame seemed a little cleaner against New Mexico than they did against Louisville, but different opponents, different level of competition. It's really hard to extrapolate much from Saturday's matchup just because it was against a team that really, for all intents and purposes, is not in anywhere in the conversation of being a contender um, or even kind of at the level of being in a Power Six conference. So, yeah, not a lot to take away from it, but it wasn't horrible, you know, We've seen Notre Dame play against similar levels of competition and not put up 66 Too points. Yeah. <laughs> so very promising that it is their most points scored since, I think, 1977. That is Ooh, true. Yeah. So we'll now, it. now it's just a matter of seeing if they're sharp enough for this Saturday because so far they've had three weeks of what was college football playoff or college football season playing – very little competition, so now it's going to be go time and see if they can rise to the occasion without having had, you know, a decent opener. Kind yeah, of having air gone quotes college football season. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And people people love to rip on Notre Dame for not being able to put up big points on those uh, like FCS <laughs> teams and like just kind of not great opponents. And I mean, they showed that they at least could do that. So I think at the very least, there's some confidence heading into a big game like Georgia, even though it may not translate in terms of talent. Uh, between Georgia and New Mexico. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not too much to say. Good win. Um, so let's get into what we all want to talk about, Georgia, the matchup this weekend. Um, we'll start off with Hayden. Hayden, what do you think about Georgia? Where to begin? <laughs> uh, Georgia is, uh, I mean, any reasonable person will tell you Georgia is the better team. Uh I, I think that they are, regardless of what they lost, which they did lose some talented players from last year. Um, they're just—it's just how it is, you know. They're—I've heard some people say they may be a national title contender this year. They could beat Alabama in the SEC championship game um, and not choke and have a terrible <laughs> fake punt call. 
Uh, but I, I think that people are underestimating Notre Dame. Uh, I, I took the liberty of, so that no one else has to, <laughs> listening to a Georgia football podcast. And I don't mean to make this about the host of that show. His name is Brandon Adams. But uh, he said something, and I, I'm no relation, I might add. Uh, but uh, he said some things that really got my blood boiling, and I thought I would just share those with some people. Um, okay, here's, here's one of his gems. I think three weeks and the last couple of years of college football, both for Georgia and Notre Dame included, I think we see a narrative starting to emerge, and that narrative speaks well for UGA this Saturday night against Notre Dame. Kirby Smart can't say any of the stuff I'm about to say. Kirby Smart can't give you any of the details I'm about to give you. He's going to be careful not to do that. But around here, we're going to tell the truth. By the way, the name of this podcast is Dog Nation, D-A-W-G. Of course. (laughs) But around here, we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to tell the truth about Notre Dame. We're going to tell the truth about what's going to happen on Saturday. I have a lot of confidence in this Georgia team. And I have a lot of confidence in my ability to predict what's going to happen next. And what I believe is going to happen next is not going to be pretty for Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm of the firm belief that Georgia goes out Saturday and absolutely puts a beat down on Notre Dame. Oh. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's my <laughs> quote. Um, but I mean, I think that's characteristic kind of SEC football, which it is in a league of its own, in my opinion. And fans certainly embrace that, maybe to too, too far of an extent. Uh, we were talking about before the podcast some of uh, Paul Feinbaum's gems in the past. And, you know, I think it's just something you have to get used to. I mean, there are the fanatical Notre Dame fans who like to, you know, sort of embellish Notre Dame's history of winning and whatnot. I think we can all admit that. But I would agree with Hayden that that is a ridiculous quote. One thing I'll say, too, is that when you play out of conference – all the conference people kind of gang up Definitely. against everyone at a conference. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that gang. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, yeah. it's just us. Right. Yeah. And, and then you combine that with kind of the reputation of the Notre Dame's fan base and you get takes like that. Yeah. yeah so I'm not surprised by that. We'll hear, it's we'll hear it in six weeks when we go to Michigan. We'll hear it. It's, USC. it's just part of it. Yeah. yeah it's just part for sure. Of it. So it's, you know, I, yeah. I don't think it's, it's anything out of the norm, mm-hmm. but it is, it is different to be such a, heavy underdog and be counted out not only in a superficial Notre Dame way, but in a real like Vegas thinks that we hit yeah. in this game. Like, yeah. you know? So it's different it's different this time just because usually Brandon Adams is on his own, but now he's actually backed up by what yeah. people really think. And yeah. although he did say that now that makes him a little bit nervous because as a fan, you start feeling a little more comfortable when people start doubting you. You're like, yeah, well you can say whatever you want, but I have faith in my team. But literally everyone, even Notre Dame fans, think Georgia's going to win. And he said that that's worrisome. Yeah. Like, you start getting a little, you it's know. true. I think Georgia has more to lose out of this. Not because yeah. I think that's not to say the stakes aren't as high, but I think – Unfortunately for Notre Dame, over time, the last 10 years, they have not fared well against the SEC in big matchups. Yeah. And I think that Notre Dame is – I mean, this is the first time you're right that the math has not looked good for Notre Dame and Georgia at home. That would not be pretty for them at all. Yeah, and I, I, don't, don't, go I don't know if they have 
a whole lot more to lose than Notre Dame because if they win out the rest of their schedule They're and win still the SEC in. championship, they can yeah. Fair. But Notre Dame has far more to gain from this. Okay. Not just I, in I terms of my statement. I'm going to No, that's good. Not just in terms of making the playoff, though, but in terms of silencing the doubters. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got Alabama and Clemson in a tier of their own, and then I would say you've got another tier of Oklahoma and Georgia and these, you know, Ohio State, yeah. these teams that are always in the college football playoff conversation are always getting there. And I would say Notre Dame is on the fringe of that second yeah. tier, having made the playoff last year but getting blown out by Clemson. If you win this game, it helps move you up. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, a lot a lot to talk about there, clearly. let's Before we get into that, as we get into our predictions and stuff and the college football scene, let's just look at Georgia. So for, for a lot of Notre Dame fans who don't know much about Georgia football, Notre Dame played Georgia in <laughs> – 2017 at Notre Dame. Notre Dame lost a nail biter. They faced uh, then freshman quarterback Jake Fromm. Uh, it was his first year of play, and he definitely looked like a freshman. I would say uh, in that matchup, yeah. he uh, he was a little shaky at times, but I mean he showed tremendous poise for a freshman quarterback on the road at Notre Dame. One of the a big, whole lot of Georgia fans, absolutely though. a whole lot of Georgia fans. But <laughs> to, to be able to do that in your first road game was impressive. And now we've seen, obviously, the quarterback that he's bloomed into is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Um, and on, you know, Georgia, known for their run game, run the damn ball. Uh, they have DeAndre Swift, who, junior running back, who is really already an NFL car- caliber running back. And he's only carrying the ball like 11 times a game. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's – so many other running yeah, backs. Yeah, he is – dangerous and and Georgia's defense is again one of the best in the nation and one of the best in the SEC which is tremendous tremendously physical tremendous tremendously fast skilled um they're really their their defensive back seven is really tremendous and um it's something that Notre Dame clearly has to worry about it's something that every SEC team needs to worry about I mean I think for the first few weeks of college football Georgia hasn't gotten as much media attention as, say, Clemson, you know, defending national champions, whatever, because they haven't really had any statement games yet. I mean, they've played uh, – they played Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt Murray, State, Murray State, Arkansas, Arkansas State. State. Yeah. By the way, just want to say that what they did against Arkansas State, Arkansas State's head coach, his wife passed away of breast cancer, and so they had a pink out for that game at Georgia – um, I, there were a bunch of. I saw there was a line of fans who, on their backs, painted "Remember Wendy" in honor of his wife. It was a real classic. Yeah, cool. Oh yeah, and um, but yeah, and it, it's really not out there to say that Georgia could be the number one team in the nation. Yeah. Um, th- you know they're that good. Just just so as a purely looking purely at Georgia. Um, I mean, since Georgia came to Notre Dame, they pulled in a number one and a number two recruiting class. Right, like they are. Yeah. Recruiting over the Alabamas of the world at a rate mm-hmm. that they never used to. Yeah. Uh, yeah so when they come out here, they have they've loaded the cover in a way that they haven't before. Yeah. Uh, so they've got depth in every position in a Clemson like Alabama like manner mm-hmm. to the point where you know you you have the starters, you have the star players, but they have that depth that yeah. just ninety nine point nine percent of college football just doesn't have, and Notre Dame doesn't have. Yeah. Yeah, and they're even beginning recruiting wise to sort of infringe on that Saban territory. Where they're able to get those big recruits in those in those recruiting battles, and this game is a huge recruiting game. Absolutely, absolutely. yeah, yeah. 
And uh, it's the most expensive game of the season, and Georgia has been involved in four of the five most expensive games of the last three seasons. Wow. So they <laughs> bring the money in, yeah. and their fans are there, and the recruiting there. It's yeah, sure. you can no longer say definitively that they're behind the Clemsons and the Alabamas of yeah. the world. Yeah, Clemson has dominated the college football playoff scene, but. The Same sure. with Alabama, but I'm not convinced that Georgia can't at any point be in there. Yeah, they sure did put a lot of money in the pockets of Notre Dame fans in 2017. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and uh, and speaking of recruiting, they have there is um, Deion Colsey, who's from Athens Academy, uh, which is right in Georgia's backyard. He's one of the top wide receivers in the 2021 class, I believe. He'll be at the game. And I think Georgia might be. Int- I, I don't know. I know UCLA and one other and another SEC team are interested in, but Notre Dame is also interested in him. So yeah, and. You know, there's potentially a lot on the line as far as recruiting goes. If yeah, even Notre Dame, for an away game. <laughs> exactly, yeah. If Notre Dame can come in and make, you know, a statement win, a program that's trying to expand its recruiting ability in the South, that could be big for Notre Dame. Even for Notre Dame, just traveling down there and being able to I mean, Kyle Hamilton and Tommy Trumbull are both Atlanta area guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, for yeah, Atlanta, exactly. Smart. So, you know, for Notre Dame, who I think it's – fair to say is a uniquely national recruiting for sure uh, base uh, a huge game for Notre Dame as well. Yeah. I, I think know. this is the first top non-conference top 10 matchup in Sanford stadium since 1955. Oh wow. When Georgia Tech was in the top 10. Wow. It's a throwback. Georgia Tech just lost to the Citadel this weekend. So obviously <laughs> yeah. not mm. you know, top 10 caliber well, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It definitely, this is going to be a different beast, both just in terms of level of competition and their style of play, yeah. running the ball. The SEC is different. Yeah, we, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I hope we rise to the occasion, Rame, but it's going to be definitely a test for, and of course we said this back in December about Clemson, so um, <laughs> different game, but uh, I do think it's interesting. I, I'm feeling okay about the Notre Dame secondary Um the run game is going to be a challenge for our defensive line. Not that they're not capable, but they've just been pretty untested at this point. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I agree, especially with the secondary, because Georgia lost <clears throat> excuse me, their top five wide receivers from last season, and they've got some talented freshman wide receivers, but their top two receivers are freshmen, and you're going against the likes of Alohi Gilman and Jalen Elliott and Sean Crawford, an experienced group of defensive backs. Someone yeah. want to give their injury update real quick while, yeah, while we're Jack talking about it? So, Isaiah Wilson, the right tackle, and banged up. He has not played yet this season. Uh, it looks like he's going to go. He's just gotten healthy. Uh, Tyson Campbell, a cornerback, left there last game with an injury, uh, some kind of foot injury. Kirby Smart wouldn't directly say. He begrudgingly called it a lower extremity injury. Uh, he is questionable. And then, then two more receivers for them, uh, Simmons and I believe Robertson, uh, are both dealing with injuries as well. So Georgia a little bit more banged up than the Irish coming into this game, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilson especially being – Wilson and Campbell being the two most important. Yeah. It looks like Wilson's going to go, but we'll see how healthy he is. Definitely. On the Notre Dame side, Cole Komet and Jameer Smith are both expected to be back. Michael Young will Actually, still be real out. quick, I'll pause you on that. Just a very up-to-date – Apparently, right now, um, according to Pete Sampson of The Athletic, at the Brian Kelly show, Brian Kelly said that Jameer Smith is doubtful for action on Saturday. So it's looking like it's probably going to be Tony Jones Jr. and uh, Sebo Flimster. Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams, yeah. Yeah. So 
Okay. Well, I think it'll be nice for Notre Dame with those Georgia injuries because I read this stat that Georgia's <laughs> line, their average weight is heavier than a, than an NFL line. Oh, yeah. That's oh. something like 320, 340. <laughs> Let me see if I can. Isaiah, totally Isaiah Wilson is 6'7", 340 pounds. Yeah, 314.8 pounds is their average weight, which is heavier than the average NFL lineman. Led so. by a junior offensive line manager, Thomas, who will likely be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft this season. <laughs> Should he elect yep. to go to the NFL? Yeah, so I think that's a good transition to get into the matchup that we were kind of talking about before and touched on. So, I mean, we could get into what do we think as far as weaknesses and strengths both sides. If Notre Dame were to win, not that we all think they are going to win, what would be the keys to that win? Um, And just how do we think they match up in in certain areas if you want to get into that? The most important down, I think, for Notre Dame on defense is to be first down. Just getting them behind right. the sticks and making them throw the ball. Yeah, because that's that's where Notre Dame stacks up against Georgia. I think I think Notre Dame's secondary is probably as good as anyone in college football. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's just going to be the key. It's just if they're getting constant gains on first down and they can keep running on second and third down, it's going to be a that, that's the recipe for a blowout. Is yeah. they run for three hundred yards and we can't stop it, and yeah. that, that's that's the way that we get blown out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, I will say I don't. I don't think. So I think Notre Dame weirdly has an advantage in that Notre Dame's linebackers physically can't match up with Georgia's uh, offensive backfield. Like DeAndre Swift is next level, and I don't think just one on one in isolation. I don't think any of Notre Dame Notre Dame's linebackers can handle him. But in terms of speed, in terms of speed and just like explosiveness, I think. Like, I think he is just a, something that they've never seen before, and he'll be the height of what they see in their college football careers. Um, that being said, I think, you know, Georgia runs, if you compare him to Louisville, they run sort of a more, like, traditional offense. Louisville was kind of a run-pass option, and so, you know, those linebackers had to go one-on-one in isolation with certain guys. So maybe there's a chance that Notre Dame doesn't have to go one-on-one with a lot of guys and they can sort of just channel in, you know, on DeAndre Swift or whoever it may be. Um, I think that Georgia, their front seven is – I mean, it's hard to say – it's hard to talk about their front seven this year because, like we said, they've been untested. But I would certainly think that their, their front seven can be run on. I think Notre Dame can run on them. Uh, I forget what the, the stat was. Last year, Georgia's uh, front seven was – well, overall, the defense was 31st in the country against rushing, but um, they were 49th on yards per carry allowed. And so I think Notre Dame is of that caliber team that Georgia has played in the past as far as running the running game goes. <laughs> so I think maybe they can manage to, to put up a big run game on How do you Georgia. feel even with our two – yeah, I, I think running I th- backs me now. Yeah, I don't. I think they're 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 certainly good enough of the caliber that they can do it, especially because Ian Book is is a, a dual threat. So if Book can manage to pass accurately enough that he keeps the Georgia's defense on their on their toes, then I think we'll be able to to run on them. I really do. I don't think the book can be our leading rusher, though. Like no, 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 no. But if he no, can pass he, accurately, yeah. then Sebo Flemister. Or, that, gives, that puts more pressure on yeah. the secondary. No, I don't think he'll be our leading rusher. Okay, that's fair, yeah. I hope he's not, because the risk of injury <laughs> would be really bad <laughs> against <laughs> that. If Phil Trickleback comes in, it's literally just deep ball after deep ball to break. Yeah. That was a nice one. That's a tough look. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like six or seven downs in yeah. a row. Yeah. Got fourth, was, and then they got they finally scored reset on twelfth uh, down. It I was think. scary. Yeah. That was tough to watch. But but yeah, but Georgia's back seven, as we talked about, I think is I don't think Notre Dame can pass on Georgia in in any scenario. And if they're forced to go in the air, it'll be it'll be big time trouble. Especially considering we've seen Ian Book has this tendency to sort of look to the first option and scramble immediately. So early. So if he does that in Athens, I mean I, I kinda of feel the opposite. I feel like really? you know, I feel like to win this game we've got to Notre Dame has to throw the ball Oof. forty times. I agree. Oh, I well I don't know about forty, but <laughs> that's like, how, I, like how many times <laughs> I wish to it last time <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, there was sign a sign of confidence for me in New Mexico because um there was I, I just remember one play in particular where Book was put, he was forced out of the pocket and when he would have normally run, say, against Louisville, he instead threw it and completed it for a first down on, I think it was third down. Um, and it's ironic because I remember my freshman year when Wimbush in a game against, I believe, NC State had a wide open lane and the whole student section was yelling at him to run and he ended up throwing it. And now everyone just like would tell Book to throw it instead of running. Yeah, I don't know if I – I might I might challenge that notion, Connor, that – Book is a dual threat quarterback because I think he he definitely thinks he's a dual threat quarterback. I don't know about <laughs> you know, him. Um, I think definitely we're seeing him run a lot more this year than we did last year. But it seems to me to be pretty scrambled instead of like a QB option. I think so. I think well, he's a dual threat in the fact that he can pick up a first down. Yeah, and I, agree, and yeah. I don't yeah, think he's that, a dual threat taken off for the game. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have to be a QB option for him to be dual threat. I think he just if. If that puck, I mean, if the line collapses, the book book can book can do it. I mean, really we we saw him do it last. Year. <laughs> yeah, we saw him do it last year against USC, which was huge. I it mean, we've seen him do it a lot. He's definitely you have to you have to spy him. Yeah, absolutely, you have to spy him. But it was yeah. it was one thing last year at USC. I remember he lowered his shoulder to get a first yeah, which down. was yeah. I don't want him doing no. That that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, if he does that against Georgia, it's trouble. I thought for sure he would be injured on that play. I remember that what you're talking about. Um. So, yeah, well, I think that's a good rundown of the yeah. matchup. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we could talk a little bit about the college football scene in general, sort of Notre Dame's opponents. Big games to watch. Big, yeah, see Michigan, certainly. Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, Michigan, Wisconsin. Michigan's actually uh, three and a half point dogs on that game. Um, it'll, I think it, I think it moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's busy. I think it's, I'll make sure, but uh, yeah, yeah, Wisconsin is minus three and a half. Wow. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, what else we got? I mean, Stanford is not looking good. Uh, Stanford looks really bad. Yeah. Um, I'm saying Clay Helton's on the hot seat at USC after the BYU loss. They yeah. should have won that game, but with how they've been playing with yeah. JT Daniels out, yeah. I mean, I, I think that he's done a pretty good job. That's I fair. would, would kind of ease up on the hot seat. Talk. Helton has also been on the hot seat for like a year. So, <laughs> yeah. so I think you're right. I think I think it's unnecessary. It's a real bad one at Boston College. Yeah, that was yeah. disgraceful. I mean, <laughs> to lose to Kansas on your home turf, that was bad. That was that was tough to watch. Um, bad. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Notre Dame will be looking for uh, for Michigan to win, I, I would have, you know, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that pretty much rounds it out. Uh, Virginia moving into the top 25. Uh, Bryce Perkins saved them. They yeah, yeah, against Florida State, Virginia missed an extra point, uh, and so they were down one in the fourth quarter, and they ended up getting a two-point conversion on their next touchdown to go up seven. 
because Bryce Perkins literally ran from one side of the field all the way over and just danced into the end zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think that Virginia game is a trap game for sure yeah. for us. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they do this. Yeah, we'll weekend. see. Yeah. Stay in top 25. All right. So, uh, yeah, so before we get into our factor fiction and predictions, let's do a quick rundown of other Notre Dame sports. Okay, so women's soccer started game, started the season with a six-game win streak, I think. Uh-huh. Um, yes, and then they've lost two in a row. So first was I was ranked. I'm sorry. I totally I jumped the gun on that one. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you proceed. That, be, that can be a question that our audience, our audience can uh, research a little bit more. <laughs> um, they lost at South Carolina 2-1. That was a tough game. I think South Carolina was seventh at the time. And then uh, they dropped Iowa at home. Um, on Monday night, I think that was three to two. So they'll look to bounce back from that at Clemson tomorrow night. I was currently ranked nineteenth in women's soccer. Okay, well, there you have it. <laughs> um, men's soccer also started with a three-game win streak, but then they lost to Clemson in the start of SEC play last Thursday. I think um, that was two to four, and then they pulled out a tie um, at Indiana. One to one in double overtime. So yeah, that was a, a in in my book, that's a win for them. Yeah, who they lost um, to last year in their season. Right so. in the in the tournament, and then women's volleyball. Well, I guess we only have women's volleyball. <laughs> so, um, they beat Michigan in five sets on Wednesday. So that was just yesterday. And that was three to two, and then they'll play them again in Ann Arbor on Sunday night. All right, Big great stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so let's get into our factor fiction. Um, I know for a fact that Jack has a good one because he mentioned it before the podcast, so we're going we're gonna to lead off with Jack. All right, so my fact of fiction is at least four of Notre Dame's opponents this season end in the top 25 to eight people. Yeah, so... There's currently three. That is a really good number. That, that's Georgia, a good, yeah. Michigan, and UVA are currently in. Uh, USC and Stanford are kind of around... Maybe not Stanford anymore, but USC is kind of around... Uh, Boston College would have been, but yeah, fact or fiction. Yeah, um, that's a really good one because my my first inclination when you said that was like I don't think that's a hot take. I think obviously four will finish, but now that after we sort of talked about the numbers, I'm going to say that's a fact. Or or wait, no, how did you phrase it? Four. <laughs> at least four. At least four. Okay, so then I'm going to say that's fiction, just because I think Notre Dame is going to. I think we're going to beat Virginia, and well, and that could boot them out. Yeah, that, and I think that'll boot them out. Um, and then, I, I mean, I, as I've said last podcast, I'm worried about Michigan, but I could see Notre Dame beating Michigan, so. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I say fiction. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan's definitely not there cracked up to be. I think Virginia, when when, when we beat them, I'm going to yeah. say when, knocking on yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then that'll kick them out. I think Georgia finishes. I think Michigan, maybe, I don't know. But i say yeah. maybe three, but not four. I agree. I think, I think Virginia, Michigan, and Georgia all finish in the top 25. But with Boston College's loss, the way Stanford's been playing, I think USC still kind of struggles. Yeah, so. yeah, jumping on the fiction bandwagon. Don't see that happening. All right, fiction <laughs> there you go. I'll then agree. I'd the exact same. <laughs> I, I, when I thought of that, I thought I would say fact, and then I looked, and there's not a huge path for many of those teams. Yeah, yeah. Really like we're thinking of just their Notre Dame matchup. Think about yeah. throughout the rest uh, of their conference. USC would need to win a bunch of high 12 games in a fashion right. that they didn't last year with mm-hmm. Casey Daniels. So I don't think they can do it. Stanford looks like it's a mess. So I just, yeah. I don't think they're coming back. 
I just I don't see that fourth team anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one though. Okay. Fact or fiction? DeAndre Swift rushes for 130 yards. Ooh, okay. Fact. That's pretty good. I'm not, He's averaging go 98 yards, I think. Right. I think they give it to him more against a, a right. bigger opponent like Notre Dame. They give him more carries. I think yeah. He yeah. It. I'm, I'm going to say he does purely because of the amount of carries. I don't think he's going to have an impressive yards per carry. Yeah, I don't think he's yes. going to be at 9.4 like he's no. been. So also, yeah, what, what scares me about him getting to that number is I could see him having an impressive, like, 70 yard return or taking mm-hmm. off. Like, I think if he breaks free, he's. I'm resigned to the fact that he's getting one big run during this game, at least, most likely for a touchdown. I I think it's a fact, and I think he'll be efficient too. I think they'll spread the ball around a little bit. I think he'll get the ball more, but I think that we've seen Georgia many times in the past use multiple running backs in a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a fact. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to find some lanes in this game. Yeah. All right, so I'll do mine next because mine's kind of the opposite of that. I th- well, not really, but whatever. I th- uh, my factor fiction: Notre Dame will hold Georgia to under 125 rushing yards. Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I guess by default. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so all right, so we could go opposite. We could go. Notre Dame will rush for over 125 yards. How about that? That's a good one. I say fiction about. Just missing so many running backs. I think it's going Fair to be But Fair I could see Tony Jones going off. Yeah. So I'll, I'll hold out hope. I hope facts yeah. might, but I'm tending towards I'll say I'll say fact. But I think it's going to be close. Nothing nothing it's over. Gonna it's right. <laughs> I'm going to say fact, because not to spoil what my prediction is going to be, but I think Notre Dame <laughs> has to get some rushing there yards, and they're only going to get those if they open it up with the yeah. passing game. I'm with you on that, Aiden. I'm going to say fiction. I think that... They're gonna have a bit of a tough time. Okay. Running. That's yeah. Music mission. Fair enough. Two more. Go ahead. I'm still thinking of mine. Um, if you can't think of one, I've got a couple. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 you didn't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, fact or fiction? If Notre Dame wins this game, and I think Ian Book has to play his butt off for them to win this game, does he wind up a Heisman finalist at the end of the year? Fiction. Sorry. Does he? Yeah, if they win this game, does he wind up Heisman? Heisman um, finalist? You're talking three people, and he's not. He's not even Heisman one of the best watch three. List question mark. Yeah, he's Heisman not even one of the best finalist. three quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna go with it. I could see it. <laughs> I, I could totally see it. If Notre Dame comes in on Georgia's turf, Book has a great game. You have to consider him for the Heisman. If Notre Dame win, like beats at least, then goes on to beat Michigan, goes on to beat Virginia. So I college football playoff Notre Dame. No, not even one loss Notre Dame, which I don't think makes a college football playoff. I could see Book being in the conversation and making being a finalist. I'm old enough to remember when they handed out 33 trucking hats. Oh, 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 that's tragic. It just disappeared. I can't remember who it was against. Yeah, and then they sat versus Wake Forest because they just had a bunch of. That was brutal. Yeah, not even a cool like name or hashtag either. Just strange. <laughs> I'm uh, curious. You you're confident that if Notre Dame was 11 one loss against Georgia, Michigan, that, that wouldn't be good enough. Yeah, I'm confident. After last year, um, yeah, I, I I just don't see a path for them because all right. So Georgia won last year. They two loss last year. They, they, were, they ended up three loss because they lost to Texas. Yeah. Okay, but going into the so my basically my line of thought there is you're going to have the ACC champion, which is going to be Clemson. You're going to have 
um, the Big 12 champion, which is going to be Oklahoma, I, which I, I don't see any way where Oklahoma doesn't get in the playoff if they win the Big 12. Unless Texas really unless, steps it in. Unless Texas, game. right. Texas but in that case, but in, in that case, I think Texas <laughs> makes it. And then I think you have the Big 10 champion. If it's Ohio State, I think they make it. And you're not going to leave out an SEC team. The committee loves the SEC. And rightfully so. The SEC is the best conference in college football. But – so you know, I, just I think well, I, if the scenario that you just described played out, then I agree. But I, you know, if, if we lost and covered against Georgia and then ran the table to include a road win against Michigan, right? I don't think that Notre Dame would need like an unfathomable amount of help. Like if like so, for, like for the Big Ten to miss the playoff again as they have for the last two years. Right. If Oklahoma were to take an ugly loss or lose in the Big Twelve championship, like I think there's. I agree with your assessment that there is definitely a scenario where Notre Dame goes eleven and one and misses, but I think there's a equally likely or more likely scenario that Notre Dame, if they lose in cover against Georgia and then run the table, that they make it. I think I don't think it's impossible. I think it's extremely slim. Just because. So let me ask you this: Say Notre Dame goes eleven and one, lost to Georgia, covers, okay. and then the Big Ten champion is in Ohio State, but and it isn't Michigan. Say it's an undefeated Wisconsin. Does Notre Dame make no, it? It'd be Wisconsin. So now, say it's an eleven. Say it's a one-loss Wisconsin Big Ten champion. I think Wisconsin makes it in ten times out of ten in that scenario because of what happened last year. And if Wisconsin, I'm not saying it's right. Yeah, no, I mean I think that's definitely possible. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to. Yeah, I mean, be a blowout loss to Purdue like. State. No, it can't be. Guys, no, come Ohio, don't bring it up. That hurts my feelings. I don't want to think about it. Yeah, that's that's been like a very like. That's been gospel for the committees. You can't get blown out. Like, you can't, yeah. Like, so, so it all it all depends. But yeah, of course. I think that if if Notre Dame were to lose this game by seven points in a game that's at Georgia, which is basically as tough of a game as you could possibly play, at this especially point. after Definitely. losing by one here. Yeah, like I think that I think that the that all is not lost if we leave at that point. Fair enough. If it's that close a loss, I think Notre Dame has a slim chance, but. I feel like you got to win this game. Yeah, I think you do. And I just – I could, again, see two SEC teams. I could see two SEC teams in the playoffs. I agree. Because I think Georgia, even if they lose today to Alabama, I don't know. But the SEC is just that good. But, yeah, interesting discussion to have. Um, So let's finish up. I've got my fact fiction. There we go. Okay. Thank you guys for giving me the the time. Um, (laughs) Notre Dame goes down two touchdowns and – uh, and wins. I'm gonna leave it at that. No name goes down to. I was gonna say just covers the spread, <laughs> okay, okay. but I feel like that's kind of weak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, because that was the thing I kept so, thinking about Clemson, like against the game against Clemson. I know everyone's talking about Julian Love goes down and Clemson puts up 30, 33 point, 30 points on us. Yeah. But our offense wasn't doing much of anything sure, either. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um. So also, I mean, this is getting into predictions a little too. So is this I'm an, gonna if say they go down two touchdowns. Oh. Or? If they go down, oh, they can manage okay, to okay. They can manage that. Okay. Oh, so then I would say if they go down two touchdowns, it's over on the road. I, I want to see so. Notre Dame be top. I just like curious right. that would be to great. have it in yeah. They have a yeah. very bad track record when they get down. Yeah. yeah. Because they don't have an explosive offense. But yeah. I will say the one thing, like Brandon Wimbush received a lot of criticism while he was here, but the one thing they did a lot of with him was – Unjust criticism. Let's put yes. that in there. <laughs> <laughs> we were always on the Wimbush track. Wimbush – Wimbush, they would go deep with him, like yeah. the first play of the game, almost oh, yeah, every game. Yeah, he had a cannon that yeah. season. So, and Book doesn't have that cannon of an arm, yeah. but I want to see them go deep with him, right? Like, 
just take a shot. Like, yeah. why not? You have, yeah, you have stuff to lose in this game, but you have way more to gain. Sure, um, sure. I think that we can't, I'm going to say fiction, the reason is that if Notre Dame gets into a negative game script where Georgia's running the ball and trying to run the clock out, they're going to be able to do that. Right. Like, that's that, like, we are not yeah. set up to mm. stop them pounding the rock and running the clock out. And in that stadium, I, I think that if Notre Dame, I, I think that, like, if Notre Dame goes down two touchdowns at any point in the game, it's probably going to end up being a really ugly score. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, so that rounds out the fact or fiction, everyone's favorite segment. Um, <laughs> so let's get into the predictions, what you've all been waiting for. Um, let's do it. Who wants to start it off? Save me for the end. Oh, Save I'll, me I'll for start the us end. out. Yeah, okay. I went last, last time. Um, yeah, I have not been very secretive about my pessimism about this game. I just think uh, – Georgia is a different breed. We haven't seen it. I mean, we saw it two years ago, but um, either way, I just don't think we're set out to take on. They are too deep in too many positions. Um, even with some injuries, I still think they, and Jake Fromm has played in these settings before. He put up, uh, let me see where, what it was against Alabama last year, three touchdowns and let's see against Alabama. He had three touchdowns, 301 yards, um, 25, 39. He's calm under pressure. So I think this one is going to be Notre Dame 17, uh, Georgia 38. All right. Um, okay. So I, I was a big Notre Dame pessimist last year, um, and I had probably I had the worst predictions of our football beat. Um, but I'm going to say Notre Dame wins this game. Uh, I think that Georgia's front seven, as I said before, I know we disagree with this, but I think they can be run on. I think last year being 49th in yards per carry is not that uh, against, you know, giving up. Um, I think that's not, not impressive at all. I think Notre Dame's uh, running core is more than capable to, to, to pound it, the rock against them, especially if they – especially if Ian Book can, like I said before, keep the Georgia defense on, his to- on their toes and manage to be accurate with short passes early on. I think Notre Dame will be able to run on them. And I think in the end, that'll be the key to the game. As long as Notre Dame can contain Georgia's traditional offense with, with DeAndre Swift. So I'm going to say that Notre Dame wins 21, 17. Um, okay. I am also a little bit pessimistic like Charlotte. I think that's mostly brought by watching us lose against Georgia here two years ago. And then obviously the cotton bowl disaster that nobody wants to talk about. Um, last year. I mean, if you can't win in the Cotton Bowl <clears throat> with all that hype and the whole season building up to it after an undefeated season and a video game quarterback, like, what can you win with? So I think Georgia, go- or I mean, Notre Dame goes down to Athens and it's not pretty, but I think that Notre Dame can cover the spread. So I'm going to say Notre Dame 24, Georgia 38. Yeah, I I am similarly nervous. I just think Georgia's running game is too much for Notre Dame's defense. I think that game script wise, Notre Dame needs to pass and pass and pass to try to win this game. And I think that Ian Book that we're used to is not quite like that. I just don't. I think he's a great college quarterback, but to throw forty times, pick the Georgia defense apart, I just don't know if Notre Dame has a team that's capable of doing that. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think Notre Dame secondary can keep the game close because I think that Notre Dame actually has a tangible edge in that area of the game. 
uh, more so than some people would probably give us. I'm going to take Georgia by a score of 31 to 21. I'm a realist. <laughs> We're probably going to lose this game. I'm also an optimist. And before the season started, I predicted we would go undefeated and make the college football playoff again, and I'm not going to stray from that prediction. <laughs> so here's, here's how I see it. Georgia's talented. They've lost some pieces. They lost their five top receivers. No, I've already been over that. We've got a talented secondary that can handle uh, their talent, their young, talented receivers, especially since they've got a couple of receivers injured right now. Yes, our linebackers are young. They're probably going to give up some big runs. You just got to take it when it comes. But Ian Book was there against Miami in Hard Rock Stadium, against that raucous crowd when we got blown out. He was there in the Cotton Bowl when we got blown out, and I think he's ready to stop letting us get blown out in these big away-from-home environments. I think he leads this team. I think we've got talented receivers. You saw Javon McKinley step up last game. You saw Avery Davis step up last game. You see that these guys can make plays. We finally got some playmakers on this team. I think as long as you keep Rodrigo Blankenship out of field goal range, just at the right moments, I think Notre Dame can pull this out. 34-31, Notre Dame wins. That All was right. like the speech from Miracle, yeah. but somehow more polite. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Notre Dame over to zero. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, oh, before we end, uh, so for those of you Dyard fans that listened last year, um, I had a big beef with Kirk Herbstreet last year. <laughs> and I got called out by some of my former colleagues on Twitter uh, last week for being too soft on him. Um, so I just want to just want to let Kirk know that the door of uh, the door of the basement of South Downing Hall is always open. He is always welcome <laughs> on the podcast. And uh, bomb is not. And, no, um, the door is locked. Yeah. Yes. So, Kirk, I'll see you this weekend in Athens, buddy. <laughs> All right.